0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. You know what I want. <laughs> I
1: want to talk to you hey, welcome back to the Raptors Weekly Podcast. Still. Doing the consensus series thing where I bring on people from around the world to discuss the Raptors to get an idea of what they think of the team. Obviously, you have to know what's going on with your team, what people think outside of your sphere. And so that's what we're doing here with somebody that I know watches a lot of Raptors games, not because he covers them, but because he's throwing money down. Okay, this is a YouTuber who produces terrific basketball content. You can find him on YouTube at Playoff Makai. That's playoff as in playoff. And uh, Makai is an M-I-K-A-I. Great dude here to talk ball. How you doing, man? Hey, man, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on the podcast, man. First thing I'm going to ask, thoughts on the Raptors? Because there's been many times this year where you said, this team is booty. This team is washed. You know, <laughs> they're poverty. Now they're like 20 and 18. They had a good game against the Suns. What are your thoughts right now? Yeah, man, the Raptors, they just really shocked me a lot
0: this year. Because for one, I didn't think that, Fred would have his best passing season, his best shooting season. I didn't think Fred would be like this All Star candidate type. I thought like you know because you know in the off season Pascal got the shoulder injury I believe, and I thought y'all would just like barely be afloat without him. But the way that Fred's been great, I didn't think Scotty Barnes would come into the league with a mid range, and just the way how everybody's just been contributing to the team has really shocked me. So y'all have been a pleasant surprise this season.
1: Okay, so Fred, as far as you know, best shooting best passing is he a him What what's going on there what are your thoughts fred is definitely a him and he's approaching
0: you know getting his stamp but fred he's just taking that next level offensively i feel like as an off the dribble shooter i feel like as a catching you know catch and shoot three point shooter and really just getting into the lane this year i feel like this year has you know him finishing at the rim has been great Florida game has been great he's making great reads like a lot of the criticisms he had last year you know, because uh, I remember last year, everybody used to always say he struggled with finishing, which he did, which he should, at you know, at his you know small size. But I feel like this year he's found a way to you know to become more efficient and just become you know a better all around
1: scorer. Okay, and for somebody who you know, if people who are listening aren't aware, you have a very famous quote about defense and not wanting to talk about it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna urge you on that. So Fred. You know, the people I've had on to talk about this prior, they they raved about his defense. So I have to ask, do you have any thoughts on Fred's defense?
0: Yeah, Fred Van Fleet is one of the rare instances where a guy is lead on both ends, like a top-tier guy on both ends. Fred is just really good, whether it be on ball and navigating screens. He's a good communicator. He's good helping. He's just really strong, great hands. He's just a guy who, you know, you trust at the point of attack. You trust him. You know, helping in any spot, he can. You know, he's deceptively strong, like Kyle Lowry used to be for the Raptors. But, you know, he can kind of switch off a little bit. He's just a really good defender all around for the Raptors, and he has great personnel around him. And he's just a really good guy to have in that scheme.
1: Okay, so here's the thing, Makai. Twenty-seven and eleven, the Bulls are the number one seed in the East. They are twenty and eighteen, the Raptors, the eighth seed. Who's getting the work in the series? Okay, I need, (laughs) I need to know
0: getting to work in a in a playoff series between the Bulls and the Raptors. <laughs> yep, Samson, don't do this to me, man. I don't want to. I don't want to hurt the people's feelings.
1: They're but seven and three, past ten. Chicago's nine and one. Sounds like two titans of the industry head to head. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, man, I don't. I don't want to hurt y'all' feelings, but you know, Demar DeRozan, we 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 know his work. Zach Levine, we know his work. You know, Vucevic, he's been you know kind of better you know lately uh we, we know how playoff series are going it'll be fun i'm not gonna lie it'll be fun but we have to break y'all hearts i ain't gonna lie i say like six games i'll give y'all two games
1: <laughs> oh wow two for for a, like hey, a 1-8 yeah. series that's pretty generous dude i'm pretty happy i got yeah. that out of you
0: Yeah, no, i i respect y'all now y'all, y'all have been a pleasant surprise you got a lot of talent i i, I like y'all
1: Okay, who who's giving Chicago the most problems in the series? If they're stealing two, that means, you know, two good games. Who, who's giving them problems? The most problems I would expect from Pascal because our <sighs> wing
0: defenders right now. <laughs> what a reaction, man. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Pascal, you know, we struggle guarding the, you know, bigger wings. Pascal's a, you know, I wouldn't say he's like a brutish type wing, but he does go into the lane a lot. And we would have to put like, Lonzo a ball on him or just swarm him or something. And I think he would either have just great games playmaking, or if we decide not to swarm him as much, he's probably gonna destroy whatever we have on him because he's he's you know, pretty big.
1: I like that a lot. That's some some key insights from you. So <laughs> as far as uh because I know you've watched the Raptors quite a bit. In fact, I've I've gotten some of your live commentary. What what are your main problems, do you think, this year? Like what's keeping them from reaching that upper echelon of a team like the Bulls, let's say. It's really the bench, man. Like
0: sometimes when I watch the Raptors, it's like they bring in a guy, and he just does something so frustrating. Where it's like, bro, you're in the way. Like the other day, I placed <laughs> I placed some money on Fred Van Fleet to score, and the spacing was just crazy. He had Precious, and Precious, he's you know he's pretty young, so I'm not gonna just kill him for everything. But I have said some very crazy things about him in the past. We're gonna leave that in the past. But sometimes when Precious is on the floor. He can't really do anything outside of the three-point line. Like, if he gets it if he gets it in the corner, he has to go into a handoff. He has to go into, you know, nothing that's really productive to the team. So, Precious frustrates me a lot. And obviously, you know, guys like Zvi, mahiluk just guys that's come off the bench that, you know, you'd rather have better guys in that spot. So, really, the bench is the biggest issue for the Raptors, I think.
1: Have you, Have you been surprised by how good the Raptors' starting lineup has been then? surprised yeah
0: i've been really surprised i'm not gonna lie i didn't i, I really didn't think scotty barnes would be like this coming into the league because you know pre-draft he didn't really have a jumper like that he had like a limited one but this guy is really just creating off the dribble like in 15 feet just pulling up a from mid-ranges he had some of those crazy threes against the nets i remember like scotty Barnes has been a really you know treat this year
1: hmm. so you have a you have a video scotty barnes is him and so, you know, that'll obviously be linked. People can watch it. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, you like Kai, just go to the, the article. You'll find a link to the video. But here's the thing. For the people who are here right now, what's the soliloquy? What's the, this is what I think is Scotty Barnes. This is why it's him. What's the sell? Well, Scotty Barnes
0: is just, you know, you can sell them, you can sell somebody on the energy alone. Like you just see him, how he got on the court, how he acts off the court. He's just a really, really funny guy. Really fun kid. But then on the court, Explosive dunks, he's great in transition. He's gonna make great passes, whether it be split actions, whether it be you know getting the rebound going, you know, coast to coast. And just some of the moves he pulls off just shocks you. Like once again, like against the Mets, he had like a crazy like post fade shimmy against KD. He had a crazy like step back three in the corner. And it's like the way they talk about him pre-draft is that he's probably gonna be a negative on offense. He can't shoot, and he's probably gonna be limited getting to the room because of his handle. But everything has just been more than I thought it would be. And defensively, he's really good, really long wingspan, really good helper. He wasn't always like this this season, though, because I remember in the beginning of the season, he seemed like overwhelmed a little bit because the Raptors scheme is very taxing. The Raptors scheme, you know, you have to fly all around the court, close out the guys, make sure you're in the right position to help. And it seemed like he was kind of always in the wrong position. But, you know, as of like a few weeks ago, maybe even a month ago, he's just seemed better being a helper. I still think he's limited, you know. At point of attack, obviously, because he's not the quickest laterally. But as a help defender, he's as good as it gets for rookie. And I think that's why he's firmly in the rookie of the year conversation.
1: Okay, so let's do the rookie of the year conversation then. You got Mobley, Cade, Wagner, Scotty. You know, dark horse of your choice. Uh, what are your What are your let's say top three right now? Top three would have
0: to be Mobley, Barnes. And probably Wagner.
1: I'm not gonna lie. Bronze has been hooping. So I so what's lie. the what's the chasm or the difference between Mobley and Scotty for you right now? The difference would have to be the defense because like Scotty, he's good on defense, but Evan Mobley has been like all
0: defense level on defense, like being able to switch on everybody, being just a a terror to you know take layups against next to Jared Allen. And I just think that the defensive end really separates them. Like I don't think it's like some giant insurmountable gap, but I think the gap is noticeable enough to where I can have, you know, Evan Mobley at a different level of rookie of the year than Scotty Mars right now.
1: Okay. And as far as Scotty and like the fit on his own team, it's it's a strange Raptors team. I guess the first thing I'll ask you is like the Raptors, I know you were there, you know, when the Raptors were discussing the idea of this team for the future, a team where they say, we're going to have all guys the same size, and they're all going to play across the court at five positions. And is there anything from this season that makes you think that that's a valid play style going forward, that they're going to change the way the league plays? Man, this season,
0: the way that the Raptors have been building, I I, I like the idea. It's a fun idea because lineups like that are super switchable, but, you just have to wonder when it comes to guarding the centers, because I noticed that centers always usually get off against you all. Like Valanciunas got off. Uh, who else was it? I think it was Am yesterday. Yeah, at sixteen. So I think with those kind of lineups, you're going to run into matchups where it's going to be a power center like Jokic or Embiid, and you're going to have a little trouble guarding them. So I think if they can just find a way to kind of mitigate some of those effects of that, I think that can you know work long term because obviously not every team has a power center like that. But I'm saying for like playoff matchups, it's like you want to
1: be able to stop guys like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, even I think it was Embiid. He had like well over 30, you know, it's, yeah, it's true. every like Ayton, you know, relative to what you think Aiton would do, the Raptors did a pretty good job holding it down. Like that was a really nice defensive game, but you're absolutely correct that like it, it could be a center from the G league who comes in and like, he's going to get 12 boards and like probably like 16 Mm -hmm. points and he's going to come in he's going to have those opportunities. And that's what, you know, I know you don't really care about defense that much because you know, the betting lines, they, (laughs) they, they, (laughs) they go to the offensive side. But as far as like you watch these Raptors play defense, you see that they pinch super hard in on drives. You see that they rotate really easily. You see that they give up a lot of open corner threes and above the break threes. What are your thoughts on the defense? Look, I mean, the defense, at this
0: point, it is what it is. I don't think that like, – I think people who criticize the defense are just mad because, you know, you're giving up open threes. Of course, it's going to look bad, but that's just how the scheme is. The scheme has been this way for a long time, and if you're not used to it, by I don't know what to say. I think you – the idea behind the scheme is you don't want to give up the most efficient shot of basketball, layups at the rim, potential dunk attempts, and it's not like they're leaving open, you know, crazy three-point shooters like – like Steph Curry or something, you know what I'm saying? It's like they're doing it because they don't want to give up efficient shots like that. And they're pretty great at closing out, I would say. They're pretty, you know, at, at scrambling out to the three-point line. So, of course, it looks bad when the team is hitting the threes, but when those threes don't fall and they're not getting into the lane, the
1: defense looks really incredible. Wow, so you're a defense optimist for the Raptors then? Oh, definitely. Hell yeah. that's um, You're the first person, I think, of the people – I've talked to on the podcast to come out like optimistic. And I like that because opposing views are, uh, that's what makes money, man. We're going to turn this into <laughs> into first take. Okay. <laughs> and then the offense, hardly any pick and roll. They run a lot of isolation for Scotty, for Pascal, for OG. They run those handoff weave plays above the break. Does anything stand out to you about what they do offensively? Yeah, offensively, I just think that
0: Nick Nurse is kind of, you know, he struggles on that end, I would say. Because, you know, you look at some of the times where you, Pascal Siakam has to really work hard for a bucket. And you look at, you know, if you would just run a little more pick and roll for him, let him get downhill because he's really quick coming off the edge like that. And getting, if you let him get downhill, I think you can create more, you know, playmaking opportunities for him and just make things a lot, you know, easier because. Like, Pascal is great at ISO. I would say he's one of the best ISO scorers in the league. But when you have a guy who can playmake like that, you want to get him in the best spots possible. And that that extends to, you know, all the players, you know, whether it be OG, Fred,
1: Scotty. I just think that, you know, they should run more pick-and-roll actions for, you know, their guys like that. Yeah. Nick Nurse and Steve Kerr, both of them, have what looks like, you know, potential, especially Steve Kerr, because, Steph Curry was built in a lab to run pick and roll, but they hardly run pick and roll with him. And then, you know, Pascal Siakam, OG Anunoby, whoever, there's like these strange, you know, potentially good pick and roll options on the Raptors, but they don't really go to that. I guess, you know, the Raptors last night, they ran a pick and roll for Pascal. He got a mid-range jumper out of it, missed it down the stretch. So maybe, you know, Nick Nurse, he stamps his feet and he's like, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing any of like, that this, anymore. Is, this is why I don't call those, man. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, that makes sense. So the Bulls, number one seed. That's your favorite team for the people who, uh, if they didn't get that throughout this podcast. But that's a team that, you know, you talked about not having wing defenders. You talked about, you know, where they might be weak. And this is a team that wants to win the chip this year. They have incredible shot makers. They have a terrific defensive core. If you're trying to take guys from the Raptors, who are you trying to steal via trade to bulk up this, this team? Like realistically, or like, like a dream world. You can do whatever you want. Maybe both. Man, realistically,
0: I don't think we have the assets to really get a trade done with y'all, but in a dream world, I would love to have Pascal Siakam or even OG. Cause I, we, just, I just want somebody who can, you know, realistically guard wings and has, you know, experience guarding bigger guys. Because OG has always, you know, he can really switch on to bigger guys. Pascal has experienced guarding, you know, Giannis. Because Giannis is the guy that I'm really, I don't want to say afraid of, but he's the one that concerns me most in the playoffs for the Bulls. Because even if we were to, like, you know, construct some sort of wall against them, it would be with not a lot of strong defenders. It would be with, like, a lot of smaller guys. It would be with, you know, Lonzo, Caruso, Husovic. And, like, those are good defenders, but against, like, a power guy who's, like, giant like Giannis, that really concerns me. So, if I was to grab somebody from the Raptors, I would definitely want Pascal just to help guard bigger guys like that because we really struggle with the guys like that.
1: Okay. And since we're – most of the people listening to this podcast are from Canada. DeMar DeRozan, you know, still very beloved in Canada doing his thing. He's my favorite player of all time. I know you've been loving his season. I just want to get it from your point of view – Demar's season so far. What's it been like?
0: Demar has been as good as I, you know, could have imagined. He's been an MVP candidate, an All Star starter candidate. He's been, you know, an amazing mid range scorer. He always has been, but I just feel like with this year with boosted spacing, he has more room to operate. He probes, he gets to his spots, and just raises up. He makes and takes a lot of difficult shots, which you know sometimes when he don't fall, it looks ugly. But most of the time, he's getting to the rim. He's really great at drawing fouls. He can, you know, he sometimes makes corner three. Sometimes it gets me out of my seat. So, DeMar this year has been beyond my expectations for him because I really thought that Zach Levine would be the, you know, clear-cut, top-notch guy. But it's really just been both of them them at the forefront. And you can even argue that DeMar has been better than Zach Levine this year. So, DeMar has just been, you know, extremely good for this team. He's even been better on the defense than I thought because he's, you know, tagging guys in a low block. He's just making proper rotations. Like, Billy Donovan is getting a lot out of DeMar that I didn't think that he would get out of That
1: That is pretty crazy, actually. Like, going into that year, you and I both were high on the DeMar signing. We liked it, um, and we had discussed it, but neither of us would have considered for a second that he would be so good that he would be in the same vicinity, perhaps even clearing Zach Levine. Like, Levine is having historic offensive seasons prior to this, and then DeMar comes in doesn't even sign a max. He didn't even get a max. And he's doing this, an MVP candidate. It's wild. Pretty crazy, man. I'm loving it. Yeah. Damn. Ah. Really fun to watch tomorrow. Really fun to watch the Raptors. Really fun to watch the Bulls. A good year of watching games so far for me. Pretty Although basketball this year. Yeah. Yeah, man. The COVID stuff has been pretty crazy lately, but I guess we move. That's uh that's life right now. You holding up all right yeah.
0: though? Yeah, of course,
1: man. Everything's good on this side. Good to hear. Okay. Uh, Makai, is there anything you'd like to plug before we get out of here?
0: Uh, you know, man, just check out my YouTube channel as Samson said in the intro, play off Makai. We're trying to hit 600 subscribers, so, you know, I'll drop my little NBA content on there, my little thoughts or whatever. But yeah, man, please have me on the podcast.
1: Yeah, of course. And so for anybody who's looking for that, you just have to go to the article tagged in this uh, this podcast and then, you know, all this stuff will be linked. But as far as if you want to follow him on Twitter as well, get some gambling takes, get the links to his videos when they drop at Kai French fry and K-A-I-F-R-E-N-C-H-F-R-Y. Kai, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for having me anytime. Yeah, take care. Okay, listener. Thanks for tuning in. I think we'll have one more of these and then uh, the consensus series will be done. But I hope you enjoyed them so far. And whether you got into this in the morning or at night, Have a blessed day and goodbye.